0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of The Brews and the Brew Podcast with me, Cassandra Melody. I'm, again, excited for another week of podcasting. It's been a really cool journey. This makes two months of me, or eight weeks of me, doing this podcast. So I've definitely hit a bit of a milestone for myself in doing so. Last week, I was talking about being mindful and the influence of celebrity culture and about our our modern values. And I think my recap was about taking a step back from social media. So this week I've been fairly engaged with social media because out of any week for me to decide to do that is when the US presidential election is going on. So it did make it a bit of a challenge, but one thing I did do was turn off notifications on a plethora of apps that I have. I have found it to be so much better In doing that because I don't feel that need to check my message as soon as something comes through because most times like it's nothing urgent and it's kind of made that response system within myself that I don't like and that a lot of us go through so if you're looking for one thing to do to kind of release yourself from the hold of influencing through social media turn off your notifications there's nothing urgent you probably only need any from like your spouse partners family, friends, as far as like messaging apps go. But if it's just, Hey, look at this post, check out this meme, take a step back. And like I said, out of any week to do it during the U.S. presidential election, huh, it was um, quite a feat. And uh, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is my intrigue with this past week of American politics and what this win for Biden-Harris means for me. And it does mean quite a bit. For today's brew, hmm, <laughs> this is a real controversial brew for me because before each episode, I normally go online I check out the company. I look at the beer I've bought cause I tend to pre-buy all the drinks before and just choose which one I feel like trying. A lot of times it has to do with the, the way the can looks or maybe the percentage of alcohol and even just maybe flavor for that week. And I was really excited for this week. It's from Cowbell Brewing Company and it's a Raspberry Moon Fruit Sour IPA. They consider a strong beer and it is at 6.2% alcohol into Fruit Sour IPA. So like I said, like I do every week, I went on to my little Googles said, let me find out a little bit of the history with this brewing company. And honestly, if you look at the history, it's like a pretty solid company that came from like a family who decided to go into beer in a smaller town in Ontario, which is kind of cool. And then they had all these firsts, as far as technology goes for actually brewing a lot of the products that they have, whether it's internationally first or uh, North American first or Canadian first. So if you're just looking at all this stuff on the website, you're like, wow, this is a really great company, but when I searched Cal Bell Brewing Company, you know how Google automatically starts looking at different search terms? Racism came up right beside it and I said, come on, like fuck, this thing's called Raspberry Moon. The US is having a new moon with like the historic presidential election, so forth. I thought, wow, funny enough, I picked this beer during this week, everything kind of ties in. But then I start to find this thread about uh, a mixed race couple who went to the brewery in Ontario this summer and they asked to get a table inside, I believe. And uh, the guy, I think he might be like an East Indian or uh, I can't really see from this photo, but East Indian background. She's obviously from like a white background, um, I, I believe, or he could be mixed race black. I, I'm not sure. Anyways, he looks like a visible minority. She looks like in the majority. And <laughs> they went to go get a table. He asked for a table. He was refused a table inside. They were told to go to a tent outside and get food. They just thought, hmm, COVID. Everything's different. Let's do this. So they went and did that. Um, and I believe they were just visiting for the day. So then the, a hostess that was over in that area was like, oh, how come we didn't get a table on the patio? And the lady was like, well, we didn't have a reservation. Ladies like, you don't need one. Because the original person who had, um, quote unquote, helped them, or served them, I should say, had said, you need a reservation. So then when she probably stormed off pretty upset, went in there and was like, can I get a table? The girl was like, no problem. She was able to sit. So then she questions her. So I'm on her Instagram page and um, it's a uh, worst beer blog had this post, um, had reposted this post from the, the lady at the time. So anyways, she went, she asked the lady, how come you didn't seat us? And apparently the lady went beat red. So just hearing that, it's so annoying that in 20 motherfucking 20, we still have to deal with this shit. And funny enough, like, man, the topic of racism obviously was at an all time high this week. But I was having a personal conversation with a friend who I am fingers crossed hoping she can come on this podcast soon because she's bloody amazing, very intelligent and it's going to kill it. Um, and I really want to talk about race because when we speak about race, we get very passionate about race and how it impacts us, and we have some similarities and we have some differences and we can understand the privilege, privilege that we have on either end of what that is. And I'm not gonna describe her because I want it to be a blank state uh slate for you guys when she does come on. But seeing this really pissed me off because the beer sounds fucking amazing. Like <laughs> it's a fruity beer, um, it has some cool hops in there, some melon, uh it's an IPA, so I'm like, hmm. It says the tasting notes are tart berry, cherry melon, raspberry sorbet. Like raspberry motherfucking sorbet is my shit. And then even what they pair it with. Like for a company that has some racist dealings with their staff. And we don't know if that goes all the way up to the top or not, right? It's just one thing that you do in the service industry can fuck your your reputation forever. People really need to be mindful of that and keep their personal bias to themselves. You would hope that they would be able to get past that especially fucking 2020 and you know, be able to just serve people who are coming to, you know, take a break from the fuckery that is this year. So anyways, like the pairings that they have here, number one, Thai curry, like, (laughs) that was the first item they had there. And I'm like, Oh, so something that's not ethnically like North American Caucasian. That's what you guys went with. Are you trying to claim that too? Are you trying to colonize Thai curry? What's, or what's going on here? But, like, I don't want to completely shit on them because like I said, I don't know if that comes from the, the higher ups. I have no affiliation to this brewing company. I went with my hard earned dollars and I paid for it at the LCBO, you know, just seeing a really cool can. Like it goes from black to, to like a pinky orange, like anyway, it's a bunch of colors and it's like beautiful little house on the sunset kind of vibe. And I'm like, Hey, this is cool. And cowbell like, hello, I fucking love Will Ferrell and he's always like, more Cowbell. So like for me, I think I just had that like affinity towards it So I was like, hmm, seems like my zhuzh. But all that to say, I'm gonna try it. Like I said, it's the Raspberry Moon Fruit Sour IPA from Cowbell Brewing Company. I believe this is only available in Ontario because on their website it does say that they ship everywhere in Ontario and that they can't ship outside of Ontario for various leg- uh, legislations, because they are a craft beer. Uh, the scent is pretty nice, but you can definitely smell a real strong IPA scent on here, in my opinion. Uh, I think I had another beer a few weeks ago that was an IPA as well, and I didn't smell as much IPA compared to that one, like th- that I do in this one. Okay, let's try it. Mm, okay, this one is sour. <laughs> I like a sour. So for me, I do like a sour. I don't have as much, um, fruity tones to it. Funny enough. Yeah, not as much fruity tones I thought I would have considering that there's tart, berry, cherry, melon, and raspberry sorbet. It is tart. So maybe that's what's coming from those areas, but melon. Nope. Don't taste that at all. Cherry. Nuh-uh. Tart berry and probably raspberries what I'm getting from here. But, um, it's not bad. Like I said, I'm not going to say whether or not I'd buy this or not, just due to some of that controversy, controversy, excuse me. So make your own opinion and do your research. Like I said, I don't research when I buy I research when I come back. So I probably wouldn't have bought this just based on that because at this point in time, I'm not trying to make this so political about race, but I don't have fucking time for this shit. Like the fact that I'm raised in, in like the Toronto area my whole life, I'm around all these different ethnicities and people and and whatnot. I've taken an appreciation for that. And I feel like quite fucked up if that you're in an area or at least within two hours of a metropolis like this, where you have all these, this anger or angst against people for being different than you. Like, am I even fully going to go into, like I said, I already know who I'm going to speak to about race because we've already started that discussion. But... Um, and I, I don't even want to talk about the bubble factor because I don't even care today. Fuck the bubble factor. <laughs> There's no bubbles, okay? I want to taste a little bit of bubble. Something on the tongue kind of like spike up those taste buds. It's not there. But yeah, I'm not going to talk about recommending it. I'm so irate with some of the issues that I saw come up that really shocked me. But nevertheless, it does say Raspberry Moon. And I want to talk about today's bruh-ha-ha. So today's brouhaha, it is a new day for women, women in North America, black women, mixed race women, women in general. And I don't care how you identify. A lot of times I always write, well, lately I've been writing women as W-O-M-X-N, so that we're inclusive. Who am I to tell someone about their gender or not, right? But it is a new day for women. As you know by now, Biden and Harris did secure the presidential elect and vice president elect nomination for the U.S., for the Democratic Party and for the U.S. What does this mean and why am I as a Canadian talking about this topic? I hear that quite a bit from Americans. Like, why do you care about our politics? Like, it doesn't impact me. It's like, bitch, let me tell you something. You guys just had a fucking dictator in office who impacted a lot of people's lives. And we have to see it everywhere on social media. And if you don't have a direct contact to the US, like I do, I have family and I have friends there. So I get to hear about the state of this union (laughs) with this foolish man in power. To be honest, I had no problem with his campaign, make America great again. Look at it in black and white, make America great again. You're gonna be like, when was it ever great? it doesn't necessarily have to go back to a time when it was great when you just read that as black and white text, but it's like, let's make them great. Let's make this the place great again. Like, let's let's get there from a forward movement, like pushing that forward mindset. I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad, but knowing the intent behind a lot of those words, as far as, you know, putting all these freaking Mexicans in uh, or detaining all these Mexicans and, um, you know, coming after Muslim people, um, Fucking with the LGBTQIA plus, et cetera, community. You know, just fucking with black people, not acknowledging them. Supporting the fucking KKK, which is a bloody ass terrorist organization. You know, having his wife. And I, Melania has a whole other story on her own where everyone was like, save her. No, she knew what the fuck she signed up for when she met this man. She knew she was with someone who was rich and egotistical and would fight to get anything he wanted. She saw his behavior at a very early stage and continued to be with him. And that's for her to fucking deal with. But when she makes statements, he's he's not um, racist, he's not this, he's not that. Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> shut up. I don't wanna hear it. Shut up. It's too much like, and it's so frustrating to be here and to see someone like that. Like. He is the definition, like what he represents, I should say, is someone who's been able to, you know, go through many loopholes, to be able to attain what he wants to do in the U.S. and secure his finances. If you think about that, well, as I think about that from a certain point of view, I'm like, genius. But when you're starting to impact or um, make commentary on people's lifestyle in a way that actually becomes more harmful, because you're allowing others with their ignorance to rise up and to, you know, take different actions, whether that be a verbal, physical, etc. That's when I have a problem. So make America great again. Fine. Sure. Bring more jobs into the economy, you know, make more American made, um, products. That's fucking excellent. Every country should want to, you know, secure their own GDP and, you know, provide more jobs for their people and whatnot. Do, are we like outsourcing a lot or getting a lot of stuff from China? Yes, we are. You know, there's enough stats for people to research to see that. Is that bad? Hmm, Yes and no. From a price perspective for consumers, it's better. But then at the same time, you have these high costs of living in these countries with this not lower quality made product because China does make some good stuff too. But it's not comparable to the lifestyle and standards of people. Of where these products are going and like what these products are so that's my rant on Trump but let's turn the page and talk about Biden and Kamala so I'm not gonna talk about Biden too much because <laughs> like good on you man you have a bit of a sordid history you've been through it all you wanted to keep children on these buses segregation was great <laughs> Woohoo! But I hope you've turned your table. And I feel like the wrongs that he's done, excluding all the sexual abuse and stuff like that, cause I didn't even talk about that with Trump. Like, okay, story time. I was in, I think Australia. And I was visiting my friend, we were doing a road trip. Hey Michelle, I talked about this a few weeks ago. And while I was there, I think that story about grabbing by the pussy came out. I said, grab him by the what? It either came out or just can't come before I went so when I was there and we're sitting together on the like night of the election because she's actually half American so she had voted and we're like there's no fucking way Trump's gonna win like there's none like obviously he's made all these outlandish remarks you see his actions the fact that now we know he's been tied up with child molesters and predators and whatnot and you know everything else that is negative underneath this man (laughs) like he can't win as much as Hillary had her own fault compared to him when we talk about these devils. And sometimes we have to be mindful of calling people the lesser devil or or lesser evil. People are human at the same time and they're going to make mistakes. The only problem is that when you're in politics, your mistakes will easily catch up to you. Whereas when you're just a normal citizen going about doing your nine to five, you can hide a lot of that. But them bones are about to be collected as soon as you go into any spotlight. One of the things that kind of Scares me at times not like I have a bunch of like bones to dig out of my past but you, you just never know because sometimes people are so sordid and they just want to get at you and they're vindictive and vicious and you're just like Chum man, I don't know, but You know, so for Biden he's waited over 50 years. He finally got the presidential election uh, the, the he's not president-elect excuse me and uh, You know, that's amazing for him He's been in politics for so long, what a dream come true. And the one thing I like about this story, aside from all the negativity, is the fact that, you know, keep pushing for the things that you want to do. Never give up. And I think that's a big part of like my person of pushing forward, moving forward, but being mindful as I'm doing it so that I don't burn myself out, but still see that goal and and try to go for it at any time. So congrats to him for that. and congrats to Jim Carrey, because when I saw SNL last night and he said, "La, whos or her, I died. Because if you're my generation, you guys know, like I think it was Ace Ventura, like that was a huge part of our childhood, those movies and Jim Carrey's just a freaking gem in that sense of like, he, he's like seen the light. And I love the light that he's seen and he's like preaching it and just kind of telling people like, do better. He's constantly preaching it and he comes from no money. White, Canadian, struggle like if you know his story you know his story and the fact that he took a chance on himself went out there and did all these amazing things it's excellent but i'm sidetracking from what i want to really talk about and who i really want to talk about which is Kamala Harris she as well has some sordid issues when it comes to um being in California and the role she played within the judicial system there she does she does have some challenges She did make some mistakes and some of those are major and I feel like because hers are so recent, we hold a lot of that against her versus Joe who they, well, the democratic party decided to sweep a lot of that under the rug so that he can get the nomination because they knew he could get the election and they were bloody smart to put her underneath him because she's just a firehouse. When I look at all the stats about her and everything she's done, I'm just, I'm in awe that someone at that age has done so much for themselves being a fairly independent woman. And people will say, she doesn't have kids. She has the time to do this. Fine. But doing this as a woman on your own and maybe not having that, um, spousal support, partner support, whatever, consistently over many years, because obviously she did have relationships. You can see that through her history, but, I even think that's even better. Like her mom must have raised those two women very strongly. And I'd read that her mom recognized that she was raising two black women. I think she wrote that in her book actually. And the fact that she had to raise them to a certain standard. And I love when anyone's mixed race and especially black and any other culture, 90% of the time, 99% of the time, your child will have the appearance of a black person well, let's say 90%, you know, especially when it's just someone who's black with no other ethnicity within them and someone who's of the other ethnic race or whatever. And it's important for me that you know how the world's gonna perceive your child and what that perception means and how you need to prepare your child for it and also prepare yourself for it. And I really believe that through the accomplishments that her and her sister have had over these years, her mom completely understood that and took that forward. When she was at the um, like their speech that they had yesterday where they were like, yes, we're so happy we won. This is amazing. She talked about, uh, you may be the first, but make sure you're not the last. When she was talking about being women in the White House. And that was a huge moment for me and really inspired me because breaking barriers and breaking down doors as a woman is so huge. Men don't always get it, they don't understand it, they see it, but like if you're not in those shoes, how can you completely understand that? And I was speaking to like uh, one of my coworkers, and she was just like, and she's like white, and she was like, this is bloody amazing! Like she was so excited, you know, she's a true Democrat. Like if she was in to say she'd be like one of them hardcore Democrats, but you know, like she loves Michelle Obama, she's one of those people, (laughs) which is awesome. But yeah, like she was just like, this is amazing, like look, look what this means for women. And the fact that there's never been a woman in the White House, like, leading. Like, yeah, Hillary was doing her stuff in the background. Let's not lie. And she had her other roles, too. But to be in that top tier, big, big. And it needs to be acknowledged in major, many ways. That's why I'm like, yes, congrats to Joe. Uh, Joe, good job. Mm-hmm. Clap, clap. But Kamala, like, you deserve the kudos behind everything. The way she just can attack a subject and just dissect it and dissect it. Yes, she's an attorney, obviously that does play a role, but to be so clear and concise about what you're actually dissecting, that's a massive skill. And it's something that I personally would love to learn more and be able to do better as I progress through my career. And I think she's amazing for that. Another fact with Kamla that I love is the fact that she went to an HBCU, Historical Black College, if you don't know what that is, and universities. Um, in the States and uh, Being this Canadian girl who's in a primarily white society. We don't have Canadian HC. <laughs> I'm just dying at this like Canadian historical black colleges we, we really don't have that like I don't know about that. I did not do the research and probably should but I'm not going to you can do it for me um, but you know if I had always kind of wanted to go I remember watching a different world growing up and thinking wow, that's so cool. All these black people, like just doing black things. And as someone who recognized her blackness at a young age and thought, oh, if I hang out with other black people and we do things together, like power to the blacks. Like, <laughs> like I knew that at a young age. And I'm just so envious of anyone who's gotten to have that experience being a part of sororities and, you know, stepping. I remember when I was younger, stepping was a ting ting out here. And we were getting that from the U.S. primarily, obviously, the origins, the roots of that goes beyond. But, you know, that's where we were really taking it from and just enjoying it. But we used to emulate it and, you know, we step in, not to the extent that the women down, or the people, I should say, down the U.S. can, because I've seen shit. And like myself and Jason have talked about like marching bands because we both played in band, which was kind of funny. You know, that's the nerdy factor. (laughs) But we would talk about like the marching bands in the States and he's telling me all these stories of like, they're like and how hyped they would get the football teams and we just don't have that in Canada or at least where I grew up and I grew up in greater Toronto area so if, if I didn't see it here it's a little different right another thing with Kamala her background so I'm gonna relate this to myself I am first generation both parents Jamaican Canadian meaning I'm born and raised in Canada My parents are both raised, uh, born in Jamaica, raised in Jamaica, and then migrated here when they were in their, I think, early 20s and 30s separately. They didn't come together. They didn't know each other. then. They met here, actually. And then the fact that I'm first generation obviously means, like, you know, I'm first generation. Her, she has the Jamaican side, and then she has the Indian side, I don't know always is associated to my Jamaican side okay like just being able to relate to her on that because you understand the struggles I don't care if her parents had certain education that kind of like you know leveled them up as far as being able to raise their children you still face the same barriers of who am I one of the biggest challenges I have is like when I'm here I'm considered black people are like you're Jamaican like okay but I'm born and raised here And I obviously sound like I'm from Canada, so I don't understand, but I understand that my ethnicity really plays a a role and a factor into who I am. But then when I go to Jamaica on the flip side, they call me Canadian. I'm like, what? What do you think I do? Drink maple syrup, watch hockey? Sometimes, but it's not always me. And having that dichotomy of being able to be in two different worlds and having to understand that is a challenge. I see this for her being that same challenge, even though it's in the States. I mean, some days like you're raised by an Indian mother, you know, you're probably having chapatis and stuff like that and having a great time. <laughs> then you have your Jamaican father, you know, salt and fish, curry, oxal, all that kind of stuff. At least the curry is common between both cultures. And I think that's sick. Like think about the food combination, Jamaican food and Indian food, like fire. I can't, like, <laughs> I can't even imagine being raised in a household with those two different cultures and funny enough, it's like when I first thought about the fact that she's Jamaican and Indian, I'm like, she's basically Trinidad. <laughs> Trinidadians might have an issue with it, but maybe that's where they get their sing-songy accent. is the fact that <laughs> Jamaicans <laughs> the Jamaicans and Indians came together and made Trinidad. Okay, <laughs> but like, like being serious though, like that's thats pretty intense. Like. As far as cultural background to go, it's under like to be a part of. And the fact that on both sides, the parents were like, you need to know your culture. So she's gone to India. She's gone to Jamaica. Like they, well, her and her sister, they've done that. Like, it's just so cool to me that she has this like really cool ethnic background. The fact that then she's like in the U.S. Learning about Black American culture, being a part of it, going through HCVUs and stuff like that, or... Whatever, historical black colleges, what you know. And then the fact that like she also had a departure from the States, and this is where the Canadian connect comes even greater. She went to like junior high and like high school in Montreal, like boom, all because her mom was like teaching in a university here. Like her perspective is astounding. And I think how she holds herself, you can see almost every cultural influence in her if you really look at it. Like in the last debate, well, the debate that she had with Pence, not last debate, the one that she had with Pence, her facial expressions at times, I was like, man, that's a black woman. <laughs> like, like you being a black woman, I think my challenge sometimes is my facial expressions and, you know, not being able to hide things back. But I'm in, from a culture where it's very open to speak openly and, you know, say things when they happen, like being so coy, which is much more North American and especially Canadian, where you like smell on your face, but hit you behind your back. <laughs> as ample and plenty here. Um, I just loved it when she was like, mm-hmm, yeah, hmm And like, she has all of that in her, you know? Like, yes, yeah, like I said, she's had some issues when it comes to her uh, prosecutor role. And I think she has to learn from those lessons, learn from those lessons she's had, implement new strategies so that when she's in the White House, she doesn't come across as biased when she's doing certain things and that will definitely further her agenda and everything that she does. But it's amazing. Even what she walked out to, it's freaking Mary J. Blige, like, come on. She's she's fire, she's beautiful, she's intelligent. She's what a lot of women need right now. We need her to be there, especially in this Western world. We don't have women in these political uh, positions. Yes, like in Canada, we did have a woman who was prime minister. But I don't think she was prime minister for that long. Like it was not a full, like four years or anything like that. You know, she was in and out as a temporary measure. Kim Campbell? It's got to be Kim Campbell if I'm right. Um, Yes, former prime minister of Canada. See, I I was really young when this stuff was going down. Oh, she's seventy three now. Look at her with her hair. Mm, Yeah, okay. Oh, her real name's Avril. Wow. I didn't do the research, guys. I'm doing it now. (laughs) but she's Canada's first and only prime minister. And it wasn't for that long. We haven't had one since then. And this was like when I was quite young. So why haven't we had anyone since that time, right? 93, look at, okay, hold on. She was prime minister from June 25th to November 4th, 93. It is 2020. I'm tired. Like, can we please get Someone else like to be able to get into that position. I was kind of hoping for the NDP parties and whatnot. No, no, no. Jagmeet Singh was there. Not NDP Green Party. Sorry, Heather May. Like, shit, is that her name? Heather May. Whatever, the leader, of the Green Party or former leader at this point, I believe. She could have maybe been there. You know, why can we not get more women there? When we looked at um, a lot of the political or countries that had women leaders. their nation throughout covid like you know you saw that rise in those women having lower not rise you saw that those countries had lower covid rates because women were managing it not saying having a vagina and quote unquote that doesn't always make you a woman in today's society but you know doesn't necessarily make you a woman but you know those those rates were lower and obviously population size demographic that, that like even regionality like where the actual country is that does have a a in everything or place in everything, but yeah, like we need more women like this. And the US being such a powerhouse influencer like, the US is the social media influencer of the countries, like, that's where everyone takes a lot of stock from. Russia is another one, you know, a lot of people take stock from. Them. I think when it comes to Africa, I'm gonna say maybe, maybe Nigeria, maybe Kenya. Maybe Congo, or maybe uh, Ghana. Who I was thinking about, four or five countries who I think like people take the lead from, or that where we know a lot about. Asia, you already know, China number one. Like China just kills it. Uh, what's it called? Japan as well. Japan's pretty influential, and then South Korea, North Korea as well. But you know, China give a little bit of sprinkling throughout the countries, you know, as far as influence goes, right? Um, and the fact that we just need more and more women or people to have opportunities to get to these rules. Men have been leading for so long and thank you, you've done a half decent job up to this point, but it's a new moon, <laughs> okay? Um, get those cowbells going, it's a new moon. Let's bring in different mindset, different strategies, and different people just to be able to further us as the world adapts and changes to this um, new world that we're in. So remember I was talking about revise, adapt, change. I think I brought that up in a previous podcast. And If I haven't, that's this is a personal model of mine that I use when I'm going through things in life. You know, you can always revise it. You can always adapt to that revision. And if you don't like it, bitch, you can change it. <laughs> like I have to tell myself that. We don't have to feel stuck in one place. So I'm praying and hoping that with Kamala coming here, like I, I'm not expecting miracles, right? There's a lot of shit that needs to be fixed in the US and it impacts us dearly. I remember my friends who are down there, who are Canadian born in, in the US now being a little fearful when Donald Trump came in, being fearful that they may be deported, though they've been there for 15 years, have contributed tax monies, have built relationships, families, et cetera. And I also felt that for my family, who's there too, you know, they've been there for years. You don't know if the paperwork that you did 34 years ago, someone may have messed up or lost it and then tried to use it against you. And the fact that that administration was so vile and was trying to separate and was not trying was separating families and was digging up dirt on people and was doing horrible things and is still because they're still in political power for the next few months. This freaking Cheeto asshole, with his um, unconceited conce- uh, uh, concession, I guess, to this race is ridiculous. Like man up and grow up. And if you didn't see that in the mayor of Philly, when he told Donald Trump to put on his big boy pants, I was dead. I was like, yes, thank you for saying it. Because when I say, it, or who, as a black woman, it's gonna be that she's racist, she's this, she's that. Every name in the book, but white on white, Ooh, it's not a crime, is it? Oh no, it was fact. So I asked everyone, if you have any feedback, let me know what you think. Like I said, we know it's a bit controversial, but I'm so happy to see someone that symbolizes parts of me and parts of me that I want to be like in that position, it's, and I think, who is it on CNN? I forget his name, I don't know, is it Van Jones? I can't remember. But when he's crying about the fact that his children now have someone who looks like them in that position. If you didn't feel that, or if you haven't seen it, watch it. But if you saw it and you didn't feel emotion, sorry for you, but it's truly real. Like, can you imagine growing up with no role models? Do you know that that doesn't bear anything positive for people? Like I have a situation right now where I know someone who has had no role models and they're in the most confused state of their life. They are, they are at an age where they should have established certain things. And I don't want to put people on a timeline, but I'm talking about basic, basic, basic things. Okay. Where it's like being able to make up your bed, being able to brush your teeth. Shit like this is what I'm talking about. And because they didn't have that standard set for them, they're, they're, they're all over the place. And I feel, not bad for them, like, oh, poor you, but like, poor you. Like, <laughs> shit. How, how, how can you not do this? Why do you need someone to tell you to do this? I remember when I talked about why are people so needy? Like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on with you? Like, why do you need someone to push you, push you, push you all the time? And why do you want to be pushed like that? Ew. Get your shit together. But anyways, <laughs> Rant over. I'm happy, I really want you to celebrate this woman, even though she has her challenges, even though we know, you know, there's a ton of dirt on her that's gonna come up, but as someone who is gonna be there, who's gonna support her from afar as a Canadian, I'm gonna support her as a woman, as a black woman, East Indian woman, woman of color in general, and I hate women of color, shitty fucking term she's beautiful her color is beautiful and what it makes her who she is you know I'm just happy for this new turnover new leaf let's bring people together not be as divisive like I don't understand how like let's I'm gonna end with this 2020 recap for the U.S. from a Canadian's perspective January um some shit went down <laughs> February some shit went down. March. Holy shit. COVID happens. The next few months are people in isolation. People without jobs. People without food. A lot of confused thoughts. It was a dark period. March to May. May, June was so dark. And then May. Everyone's at home. We're thinking about coming outside a little bit. Maybe send the kids to school in certain areas. And all of a sudden, the biggest thing is George Floyd happens, right? And amongst other things. Factors never forget that George Floyd brings up upon a new era in the U.S. and impacts the world. Police, when it comes to police brutality and the treatment of Black people, Black Lives Matter starts to rise up. People start to fear the fact that Black people are having a voice. This is from this is from a Canadian perspective, right? Brianna Taylor. We start to hear about this this case and be like, what? This happened back when what? Um, uh, what's his name? Aubrey. I forget his first. Ma- Ahmad Aubrey. You know, that was before this. Like, you know, so things were just starting to happen. You're starting to feel the swell of people's emotions. Just imagine like a wave kind of just seizing and seizing and seizing, you know, before it just crashes to the shore. And that's what happens when you have everything with George Floyd and everyone there. Then over the next few months, it's one thing to the next, the protests. Man, the protests were powerful. Why are people in the middle of nowhere? You knew shit was serious when the Amish people done left their villages with their garb to be like Black Lives Matter. These are people who do not intertwine other races, but they can say that's not right. You know, I respect my race, my ethnicity, but that's not right. And I'm going to be here for you, brother, sister, human, beautiful. And then, like I said, we go through summer, everyone's kind of adjusting, but not adjusting, you know, trying to go outside, trying to stay inside. We're just like a bit confused because it's summertime in North America, which means time to get out your house. Then we hit this presidential election, all the fuckery and we watch this man continue to be continually be divisive, go on a debate and basically tell racist people, it's okay that you're racist, you know, to maybe uh, loosen up a little bit on what you're doing, but you can still have your views and you know come full force with them at times. Like how sad is that to see that a, a world leader is really just being like, it's okay, who cares? Their lives don't matter, no one's lives matter. You guys knew what wanted want to do. And then to go through all this, all the up and downs, all the tweets, all the nonsense with these fucking celebrities supporting and um, this fool and whatnot, And then to have such a tight race, which in itself is scary because you're like, wow, this really exposes that. Many people in the U.S. have very um, hateful views and you really need to get more of these people who are more open and liberal and who are more inclusive out there and then have them win the election and have all the fuckery again with counting votes, counting votes, counting votes. Like... From a Canadian perspective, you're just watching day in and day out. And you're feeling and you're seeing some of that angst, uncertainty. And you cannot not have a reaction to it. You cannot not want to say something, feel something. And it's hurtful because you're just across the road. Think of it. What's happening there and people's emotions directly impacts you. Because it's just like, you know when you're around someone with negative energy, and as soon as you're kind of in that sphere, you feel it. That's what it's like being beside the U.S. And it doesn't help when you have connections to the U.S. And you're worried about your people. And you're worried about her people being the U.S. So I'm going to wrap up today's episode. I really appreciate you guys for listening to me and my little thoughts. (laughs) They're not little, but my thoughts. I'm happy that they won. It's not going to change everything from the onset. And that's not the mindset anyone in the U.S. should have. But at least we can maybe change, you know, perception and, you know, some of that hatred. Let's turn it on its head. You know, even if it's just having more conversations. Stuff like that will help America become that great country again or just become great in general. So all that to say for this week, I've, I'm just going to really reflect on, um, like my goal for this week, I should say is really just reflecting on who I want to be as a woman, what I need to do to get there. And I might, I might share one element of what I plan to do, but I really want to keep that a little bit more personal. So I ask you as you guys go through your week, think about your ups and downs and lives and in, in your life, and think about where you want to go and one thing or two that you need to to get there, knowing your sorted past. And, um, you know, I just hope you guys have a great week. Again, thank you for listening to episode eight of Brews and the Brew Ha with me, Cassandra Melody. Can't wait to see you next week. Bye.